friends, Nick Libretti here for JRCigars.com, and welcome to a very special episode of the Long Ash Podcast. Today, I am joined by the wonderful and amazing Lizette Perez Carrillo of the famous EPC, Ernesto Perez Carrillo line. Lizette, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to get right into it. Your family is one of the most storied, la historied, if you will. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up in a, a tobacco family like that? Well, uh, I guess that being born into something, it's a little bit, um, a little bit, I guess, more difficult to actually understand what was happening at the moment. Right. Um, the changes in, in my parents' life, um, they met when they were very young, they were 14. Oh, wow. Uh, my mom had come from Cuba uh, about a year before she met my dad. My dad had left Cuba uh, younger than that, um, about, I think he was seven. So being born into a family where my grandfather, you know, had, had fled Cuba mm. and opened a, a cigar factory in the famous 8th Street, Little mm. Havana. I kind of never knew how special that was right. growing up, right? So then my grandfather ended up getting ill, I mean, falling ill and um, several, several years later passed away. So my father was very young, you know, he was in his early twenties. And as the years went by, he was very reluctant. When I was born, he was in his mm. early twenties. As the years went by, he was more and more reluctant to, to join his father in this venture. He wanted to be a drummer and he mm. wanted to do his own thing. And then I remember one story uh, and I remember being there, but I don't remember this call where my grandfather, actually, my dad moved to New York for a short time to mm. try to pursue that and was working on Nat Sherman. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is odd because I was just going to say Michael Herklotz, <laughs> formerly of Nat Sherman, was another like jazz drum player. Right. So right. there's this really cool connection there. Yeah. So so basically, his, uh, gra his my grandfather, his father called him and said, um, you need to come back. Enough of this. Like, right. <laughs> you know, you have yeah. a four-year-old, your wife's here, everything's here, and you need to come do this. Hmm. So he reluctantly gave up, you know, his drumsticks in a professional. Be, reluctantly became one of the <laughs> right. greatest cigar mm -hmm. blenders of all time. And I was, I was actually, um, I was actually so involved in these conversations, being so young. And like right. I said, it's hard to appreciate. Right. So I would go there to the factory. You know, I put the cellophane on the cigars with my mom, the the the, the bands. Yeah. So it was for me. It was fun. But there were a lot of intense conversations right my father was i mean my grandfather was getting more and more ill and um it was a difficult time we didn't have much right uh, my parents um were struggling financially and it was a lot of arguing and a lot of you know what's going to happen here and you know are you ready to do this so i remember my dad and i were very close we're still very close but we're very close and there was uh you know conversations revolving around you know, when his father passed away, what would happen? You mm. know, even with me, because right. he was very open. He was very young. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, you know, it's not like when you have a child when you're 40, it's kind of, you know, he was very, very young. One day I'm going to school, he's taking me and he said, the old man passed away. And I was just kind of like, you know, what, what do you mean the old man passed away? Right. And he's just like, yeah, he just passed away. And, um, you know, I'm scared. Mm. And I said, okay, so what are you going to do? <laughs> and he was just like, I'm going to figure this out. And that's, you know, that's what he did little by little. I mean, I'd, I'd stand there with him. I was so, I was really young and he'd go through the tobacco with me, you know, and he'd say, this leaf is for this and this is for that. Right. And, and it was just, Getting that it was early just an education. Experience, but I didn't realize yeah. what I was living. Right. You know, it was kind of like, hey, don't all kids do this? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, exactly. You thought it was this typical kind of childhood, but yeah. in reality it was, it was especially for people who are fans of this industry to kind of come up with Ernesto at that time and learn the trade. And then, so the, the 90s is really where it seemed that El Credito took off. Um, you know, was it was the cigar boom. So there was a lot of manufacturers who really took off, but he, him especially with the La Gloria and my personal favorite, the El Rico Habano. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So were that's you- That's his favorite too, by the way. Th that was- that, so that was That's one of his all-time favorite- Cigars of all, yeah, just, he loves so it. So that was, that's one of those cigars where I remember when I first started in the industry back in, you know, 2009, 2010, like that was one of the strongest cigars that was, you know, 
available now nowadays there people are really just putting a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of nicotine mm-hmm. in there to really mm-hmm. drive it up but for a cigar that was full bodied but also balanced i mean el rico was it was it was second to none i'll admit was, I, yeah. I did smoke it very young yeah and it is a good cigar. yeah yeah it definitely it puts it put the hair on like my them face more. Definitely. i like them more than la gloria so la gloria and and i had mentioned this before i've, I've told this on the show a few times my first ever premium cigar was a la gloria cubana mm-hmm. series r mm-hmm. uh, maduro so obviously that has ch- that changed hands. You know, General bought it in 1999, and then your dad worked for them for a number of years. But during the 90s, during the cigar boom, what was that like? Were you still working at the factory part time? I know you said you went to you were in law school. What was that era like for the company? So when um, I kept working um, at the factory, for example, I remember like our first computer. You know, I would go oh, wow. in and I would do. I think I was like 12. I'd walk from my house to the factory. Um, and I'd input all of the data, all of the customer information. So I was always a part of it. I used to love to go in the humidor mm-hmm. and just kind of just see there and look at the boxes. And I remember I used to like, like the names like Charlemagne and Soberano and yeah. Bobel and all this stuff. And as the years would go by, um, I continued to work there on this, on Saturdays, I worked the counter and then it came time to, uh, go to college and I had to make a decision. And I know that. Uh, I went, you know, and looked at a college where I was very interested in going and we're like in the elevator in this hotel in Chicago. And I'm looking at him and I said, I don't, I don't think I can do this. I'm not ready to do this. And he was just kind of like the, the local school, the university of Miami was offering me a full ride, everything oh, wow. at this time. We, we still weren't, you know, right. doing that well. <laughs> so all of a sudden he looks at me and, um, I was no longer going to qualify for a scholarship or the same amount. I mean, they were going to pay me to go there. And now it was kind of be like, okay, wow. So now we're paying for college, I guess. So I I was able to get some stuff, but not everything. But not the full package. No. And then, so he's like, look, you have to be true to yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're not ready to go, you're not ready to go. And I just kept working in the factory. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I was packing and as the years went by, um, we started doing better and better, uh, I started realizing, you know, I get these phone calls, um, you know, torpedo. Well, you have to wait a year. Mm. Okay, well, wait a year. Well, wait, you know, people showing up at the factory. It was just wonderful that, you know, how many people we got to meet. I remember famous people would come in. My dad one time was like, you know, spraying this tobacco um, in the back with like a tank top and um, Sharon Stone walked in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I said, hey, dad, by the way, Sharon Stone's there. And she said, yeah, okay, sure, um, <laughs> whatever you say. And I was like, you might want to put your shirt on. Okay, Lisa, he calls me, mm-hmm. he's like, enough of this. You know, I'm super tired today already. <laughs> like, I go, no, dad, you need to come out. Like, she's waiting for you. She was you, on the cover of, of Aficionado, I think, once. Yes, so she, she is a, right. She is you, a serious cigar smoker. You're right, yeah. you're right. So then he walks out and he's like this. He's looking at her, he's like, oh man, this is for real. Like, okay. But and also, then but he, that's that's like how you want it. Like, I want, if I'm going to see a yeah. guy like Ernest, I want to see him in his element. <laughs> yeah, like, tank exactly. top, spraying tobacco. You don't put on a suit for me. I want to see exactly. you doing doing exactly. the nitty gritty. So anyway, so that's that's how that story went. So it was just so much fun. And then when it came, um, when it came time, I mean, people would show up. It's like out of a movie with like all this cash, yeah. you know, and and driving from all over the country yeah. to pick up the Wavels or Torpedo because oh, then the really good. my mom, you know, we had like strict orders. Look, you know, there's there's a waiting list. There's, but my mom, you know, she was just kind of like, they bring me a suitcase full of cash. Like right. I, I got to do what I got to do. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so, exactly. You know, that was well, the, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you, 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 you maintain the integrity, but it's also like, it's a business and it's the boom. People are paying exorbitant amounts over market price for stuff. And unlike a lot of the companies at that, you know, I wasn't smoking back then, but unlike a lot of the companies at the time, you guys were like maintaining your um, consistency, is yes. the, and, which is a yes. reason why people were bringing these suitcases full of yes. cash is all right, I'm not going to pump out 10,000 more Wavels right now. Exactly. So. Exactly. And my dad, um, at that point was still not ready, um, to, to go to the Dominican Republic and open up a factory. Um, hmm. a lot of like the, I guess his mentality was, you know, my daughter, my daughter's still home, you know, typical kind of Cuban dad, yeah. you know, my son's still kind of young. I don't want to just, you know, take off and do this. So, once I got my, uh, once I graduated, I graduated early. So I got to work full time 
for eight months, which was wonderful. You know, then yeah. I didn't have to worry about studies or anything. I kind of tried to learn different aspects of, um, of the business. And, um, you know, the time came to make a decision with respect to law school. And then that's where, you know, I kind of had to, to go. And that's when he decided to go. Right. <laughs> so he's kind of like, you know what? My son's now a little older. My daughter's leaving to New York. So I think it's a time. Right. And then he did it. And my mom basically was at the factory full time, you know. Uh, so what was going on in, in, in 99 when they, when they sold to General, but he was still working for him? Was it kind of like business as usual, but then he just had to report to somebody? Like, you know, was he still able to, you know, kind of do what he wanted to do in terms of the blends and everything? What was the major changes that that happened? So the, so the process there... Um, First, it came to you know deciding whether to sell or not, and there were a lot there were a lot of um, you know discussions about it mm. internally um, with uh, him, my mom, and myself. And I you know at this point I was already in law school, and I said, look, I don't I don't foresee right now uh, you know coming back to Miami right after this. I'd love to come back eventually, but don't hold on to it for me. Right. I don't think we'll ever see this amount of you know, um, this, money. This kind of offer I mean, again. it's just, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like, it's just, this is, this is a dream come true. Right. You know, this is just a dream come true. All of the hard work, you know, that everyone's put into this, um, you know, what your, what his father brought from Cuba, all of it. Right. And you know, the future that, that you can secure and here, you know, we don't have the funds to market this product with, with what we think, you right. know, it's worth because his, his early blends, I mean, those were not his father's blends. Those were his. Yeah. I mean, he changed it over time and tweaked them to, to make them something out of this world, I think. And we just decided it was hard. So for many months, it was difficult for him after, right. you know, to work for to work other people. And it's on your thing. And, and I'm sure that they respected him and like let Absolutely. him do mostly what he wanted, but they're still like, yes, I can't do exactly what I want all the time exactly. anymore with, you know, and it's my exactly. name on the product. So I can imagine that being difficult, but it was the perfect time to kind of do that. Yes. To both capitalize. And also, you know, now we're talking the tail end of the boom. We're getting into the two thousands. Sales are going down across the board. So it was kind of the perfect time to do that. So then he worked for General in the kind of the same capacity up until 2009. Mm -hmm. This is when, from what I've read, you and your brother get in the mix. Now, did he decide to leave and then the decision was made to start his own company or was starting EP Carillo what, what made him leave, if you know what I'm saying? We, uh, we went to Virginia and met um, with, uh, with the team and mm -hmm. he, he had the choice, you know, to continue or he had the choice not to continue mm. with them. And, you know, there were great friendships there. Right. There's people that he, you know, still um, thinks the world of and still talk all the time. And I guess he looked to my brother and I, uh, we were having dinner and said, you know, what do you what do you think? And I said, I, I think that um, you're worth more than this. And I can't tell you, you know, that that this is a good idea to mm. continue. Then he says, well, what are you guys going to do about it then? Because, yeah. you know, I'm not going to do this on my own. Right. The only thing that will kind of inspire me to do this all over again, to start from zero really, uh, is if you guys join me. So then we sat there, we we're having dinner. My brother was uh, working out of New York. Um, I was already in Miami and uh, we just, we just said, okay, so let's do this. And we're pretty new to all this um, right. in the sense of it's not the same as an adult, you know, creating a company as it is, um, you know, as a child coming in and, right. you know, just having some fun and, and whatnot. So each of us, I think, had special skills, but we really didn't know what we were up against. Right. My dad had been absent, you know, for the most part, um, for about 10 years as being, he was like the ambassador and everything for La Gloria Corona, but it was known already that he wasn't the one, you know, Yeah, he wasn't in the, the factory show. anymore doing exactly. that whole thing. Yeah. He'd go to the factory, but it was more as a collaborator and, right. and whatnot. So we thought it would be easy. Um, yeah. We thought we've got Ernesto, this should be a piece of cake. It was not a piece of cake. <laughs> it was not at all. So um, my dad, my dad had an idea of the inaugural and coming out with something very outside the box, something that, you know, 
people didn't know him for. Right. And we went and we called a lot of our old customers, you know, and basically said, look, this is what's going on. Um, we're putting a company together. Obviously, after all the non-competes and everything, you know, yeah. uh, we're, we're through with. And then my brother and I are sitting in this small office and he's and he says to me, so how do you want to do this? Um, do you want to do like marketing and finance and legal and then I'll do sales? We didn't. Right. We didn't. I mean, he actually worked for a, for a firm that handles businesses. Mm -hmm. So he knew how to evaluate businesses, but it's kind of um, something different when it's like right. your own. And you right. know, I remember like I, I took classes on how do you look at financial statements uh, for lawyers, stuff like that. But yeah. I was a lawyer, you know, and that's what I knew. And I'm thinking, oh, I used to run the little humidor business when we had the factory on right. street, but it's not the same. No, you know? and also uh, when you guys had to go get a, build a factory or find a factory yep. now. It, it wasn't going to be, you know, especially now we're talking 2009, 10. Mm -hmm, exactly. It was not going to be cost effective to have one in the U.S. And Correct. so what made you guys decide on the Dominican? Just the, the relationships my father, there? My father had set up at the in the Dominican, you know, mm -hmm. uh, since the beginning, uh, when I left to law school, that's, that was like his second home. He had relationships there. Um, it was just, there was never a question. There right. was never kind of, you know, let me take a look here or there. It was always going to be Dominican. And he went and he, he set up the factory. He handled that part of it. And then my brother and I were mostly responsible for what goes on in the U.S. So how were those early years? Because you guys had some great cigar. I feel like the company really came into its own with the what's known now as like as like the trilogy, you know, the La Historia, right. the Encore, and uh, and the Pledge. But before that, you guys had, you know, I remember the Inch. Um, there was the the New Wave, New Wave Connecticut, if I remember correctly. Right. So how was it in those early years? How were sales? How how was it kind of being viewed? You know, uh, like his return to the industry. How was it kind of perceived? Well, with the inaugural, um, hmm. there were some people who were confused. It was kind of like, oh, this isn't what we were expecting. Right. This isn't the typical taste profile uh, for Ernesto. So after that, you know, we had to do some work. Yeah. <laughs> we had to come back to the drawing board and say, some people loved it. I mean, there's yeah. still people asking for it, but it was just kind of like something different for him. Right. Very, He's very innovative. He likes to create and come up with, you know, different ideas and 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 blends that, that challenge him. Right. So um, after that, we started talking. We said, well, let's come out with the core, the core line. And we started developing that idea. Um, we worked with, um, you know, with a marketing firm to come up with mm. the band and, and whatnot. And we were going a little more modern. My dad wanted to stay more traditional. Uh, but it was kind of like the idea of the three of us are doing this and it's kind of something new. Right. Uh, we wanted to move away from La Gloria. Right. And um, that's how that line came about. And then the inch was almost kind of um, second nature in the sense of he created, you know, the Serie R. So he loves big green gauges. His whole theory is I want to create a big green gauge that, you know, non-big green gauge lovers can enjoy. Right. And that's always been his goal with inch. Uh, so we're constantly trying to work on ideas that um, can appeal, you know, to, to consumers that might not be, you know, familiar with certain sizes uh, et cetera, et cetera, which were limited yeah. by the FDA now, but back then. I will was, say that, uh, that those 60 ring gauges in the, in the series are, you know, people know I'm not the biggest big ring gauge smoker, but at one point I was, you mm -hmm. know, in 2010, 11, 12, and a majority of it was, there was one part of this black that was, I think it was called the Gigante or the Maximus or the Maxim and the La Gloria series are maduros in the 60 ring gauge and there's something about them because it was like the heavier wrapper that on the smaller ring gauges i'm like ah, oh, this is almost too much but mm -hmm. on a bigger ring gauge with more filler it took that little bit of bite out and made it that was the, the first cigar i had was a 60 ring gauge so yeah i think ernesto i respect his big ring gauge work very much yeah and a lot of people might say well you know we're paying a little bit more for an inch why would we pay more well, because you have a cigar that is being put together, you know, with the same thought process, the same, it's not just kind of like, you can't just crank out something that right. big and, you know, and create that and have that flavor, you know, and have exactly. that expertise of how do I blend this? I mean, my dad actually says that these big ring gauges are some of the hardest to blend Yeah, because you don't want to just be smoking air and say, oh, I'm getting a good value and a long smoke, you know, I'm going to be with this for hours. You want to make it something that is 
that is, you know, worthwhile that the consumer can actually appreciate as, as you know, yeah. they smoke it. And the, you're using so many, you're using more tobacco mm -hmm. in it. So using mm -hmm. more tobacco is going to be more challenging because your ratios mm -hmm. are going to be a lot different. Mm -hmm. How much of this filler should I use? You know, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I can completely see it being more challenging. Mm -hmm. Let's start talking about the the first, I guess, the first of the of like the, the big three that people have, have uh, really seem to be drawn to, which is the La Historia. This is a very familial cigar, and really, I think that was the the point of it. Tell us a little bit about the backstory of the La Historia uh, line. Okay, so you know we're coming out with these different um, lines. Also, you have brought up the new wave. Um, my dad was really optimistic about the cigar. The cigar is still one of our best sellers but also with a more modern look, right? So then we started, we started talking and uh, my brother said, you know what? You're kind of more creative, you know, why don't we do something more traditional? Hmm. Which was kind of, you know, an idea because we had started saying we wanted to be more modern. But at the end of the day, I guess, you know, you go back to your roots yeah. and we're talking here, he and I are fourth generation. He said, I really like, you know, the, this idea of, you know, the, the old style bands. Why don't you, why don't you see what we can come up with? So I started working with a local artist, uh, that I told, you know, I need to, I need to, I want to create something that tells a story, mm. you know, and I want, it's going to be a little bit bold, but I want my grandmother on the band. And I kind of want me on the band. Mm. <laughs> so it's kind of like the story from the past because my grandmother's family was also yeah. in the tobacco fields. You guys were from, if I remember correctly, at least your father was from Pinar del Rio, which is like yes. the famous tobacco right. region right. of Cuba. Right, right, right. So my grandmother's family had, had you know, a farm there. And yeah. that's a story that's not told as much as my grandfather who, you know, right. was, was doing, was working with La Gloria and, and, and all that. Um, so, so basically... Um, I started thinking and thinking, how do we do this? So I find an old picture of my grandmother and a picture of me and, um, you know, Pina de Rio. And then he puts that on one side and then he puts me with the Freedom Freedom Tower behind me in Miami, mm -hmm. which is where a lot of the Cubans would come and, you know, collect food and stuff right. like that when they first came to Miami. So that was the idea for the design. So my dad sees the design and immediately says, wow, that's like my mom you know, on the band, <laughs> it's like a lot of pressure now, yeah. right? This isn't just, you know, uh, the logo. This right. is my, this is the my, legacy. My, yeah. This is my mom here. Right. So he was working with something and he's like, yeah, we, you know, this, th I'm going to need more time. And he took mm. a long, long time <laughs> and he kept trying yeah. different. And you could just tell that, I mean, the way things happen, it's almost like a fairy tale, you know, mm. it's just, it couldn't get any better. The story of, of this couldn't get any better. Um, and he had always wanted a top-rated cigar. He remembers the days in the yeah. 90s where he was getting all these 90s and 3s, 93s, and all these great ratings. And we weren't really getting those <laughs> with core. Right. And we are getting good stuff. We were still getting top yeah. 25. It just, it wasn't that... You know, um, that, that pop, that Oscar, you know, yeah, it's kind of exactly. like, you know, you're he, getting a lot of like BAFTAs and Oscar. Emmys and like you wanted the we Oscar. Wanted the Oscar. Right. Um, and then with this cigar, I, he was working with a Mexican San Andreas rapper. He's like, okay, I'm really loving this. Um, it's kind of new to me. I'm going to need time. I'm going to need time. And finally he comes out and people loved it. Yeah. You know, and so La Historia represents our story, you know, who we are, where we came from, uh, the women in the family. And um, just everybody just loved it. I mean, yeah. I remember we gave it in the trade show. Gorgeous. Thank the you. Band, the thank artwork you, thank looks. You. He actually drew yeah. it out. The artist drew it. Oh wow! By hand. He drew it by oh, hand. Wow. It's it's in it's in our office now. This painting. Wow. And then the the printing company Rydag took it, and they're like, "We've never converted a painting to into a, something yeah. digital, but we're excited. I think we could do this." And everything together. I mean, it was like it was. It, it came it out worked wonders. I, I'm usually kind of not the biggest fan of like the harken back to traditional style. I feel like if it is your style, keep going with it. But I, I don't, I don't really like when some, you know, somebody who's usually modern is like, Oh, I'm going to do this harken back. I got, oh, I feel like it's, it's been done before. However, with Ernesto and, and, and you and, and your family, it's like, no, this is, this is part of our lineage. We, we are the original, 
of that traditional style, mm -hmm. like the La Gloria mm -hmm. Cubana. And also you do it with a slightly modern touch. I don't want to talk about this cigar yet, but just even the box for the pledge mm -hmm. showcases. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's this traditional style, but with a lot of like a little modern. It's not in that typical, you know, those those cardboard boxes exactly. that like kind of everyone pumps out. Exactly, exactly. So from what I remember, the La Historia, I think that got a number two. It got a number two. Which is a big, big deal. Yes. Anything in the top five is a is a needle mover. We're waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, that that you know, that countdown is uh is quite the week. Yeah, and, it's, um, it's for, especially for content as well. Like we're we're glued to our screen waiting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when we got, um, I remember getting the number two, and uh, we were in a hotel room, and I, I I was you know you start you start uh you know refreshing and refreshing right. to see, and there it was, and I remember my kids being little and jumping on the bed and being like, oh my gosh, like all this work, you know, it was like, and then just. How, how crazy, did that affect, like, w w like, when did you start seeing, like, a sales impact after that rating? Like, mm -hmm. like the next day, and you know, within a week, a month? No, within minutes. Wow. So, so, so yeah, so you're looking at, you're looking at six figures, like, oh my very God. fast. Wow, yeah, that's very incredible. Very fast. And, um, yeah, for us, it was kind of like, wow, this is a... And that was for a number two rating. Yeah. You know, so, and then we, you know, then we started wondering, well, if the number one's a Cuban, then we're really number one. Yeah, it's, you it's know? We're number one, has, like, everybody realistically. Everybody loves talking yeah. about that, you know, and then it, it wasn't, but it worked out great right. because, you know, we, we, you know, we kind of said, okay, all right. So we, yeah. we better, we better figure this out for the next time. Yeah, well, that's, that's the kind of the pressure, um, especially, f you know, it's the, the follow-up is is you know like w when somebody wins an oscar there there's a lot of eyes on their next movie so your next movie was aptly named the encore the encore came about uh so we're sitting in the office mm -hmm. and um we're just sitting there it's me and my dad it's late and we're just talking and he's like yeah i kind of want to do this you know all nicaragua i'm working i've been working on this for a long time um what should we call it and I kept thinking, I kept thinking, I was like, well, how about, you know, we got the number two. So this is going to be a big deal following that up. Mm -hmm. Right. So you better make sure <laughs> whatever you do is going to yeah. be like incredible. And I said, and then, you know, it's kind of like the encore coming back for more. Right. Like yeah. when people start clapping at the end and then he's a musician at heart. So I go, here's your chance, dad. You know, yeah, like exactly. You here's your encore. Yeah, here's your encore. Let's do this. And. We started talking, but then what would be the story? Because for us, it, it, all of these things, we, you know, we, we weren't doing this with a marketing firm. This is right. us. I mean, we're telling the story. We're right. trying to figure out. And I said, well, La Historia was about the past. So how about Encore being about you? Like what, you know, what inspires you? Right. He goes, my grandkids, my grandkids, the future inspires right. me. You know? That's such a grandpa thing to and say. Then, I love yeah. it. I love it. So we're sitting there and then he's working on the blend. We worked with... um. Uh, a designer who who was kind of he had worked in Cuba, Dennis, mm. and uh, we love him. We sat down and we're trying to say, well, everything has to stay the same except the color. Right. And then he came up with this sepia idea, and it worked. It worked beautifully. It does. Well, yeah. It, it was pops. just stunning, stunning. So then we start coming up with what well, what do we name the different sizes? And we start thinking, "El Primero's my son, mm -hmm. uh, Celestial is my daughter, um, and then Majestic and Valientes is my my two nieces." And right, oh, so we were going to release this at a trade show and all the sales reps were super psyched about it. Mm -hmm. God, we got to try this. We got to try this. I think I, I've heard this story, but yes. yes, continue. Yeah. Please. So it is a true story. We had our budget done, everything yeah. ready for this cigar. Nope. It's not going to happen. So we're just sitting there and like, what do you mean? No. So they smoked some of it. Everybody was like, this is amazing. Like, why? No. Sorry, no. But that, no. <laughs> I was just like, this is not, you're not going to convince me. We're not doing a trial. We're not, you're not going to depose me right. here because they just always joke like, do yeah. you always have to be a lawyer? Yeah, buddy? exactly. So, so he was just like, no, this is not going to happen now. People would come around because there was a buzz, you know. No, sorry. The cojones that you have to have to have like a butt, people chomping at the bit, but sticking to your integrity being like, it's not ready yet like it's, it's not, not to the to the to the quality that like i want to put my name and here's the thing is a low quality 
EPC is still probably a high quality most other things. Thank you. But to him, he was just like, nope, it's not going to happen. And I, here's the thing. He was doing it sincerely, but as you would know, from a marketing aspect, right. that's <laughs> genius. That's genius. <laughs> a genius move. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and then, so basically, um, time went by, time went by. And finally in March of, um, 2018, uh, we, you know, we, uh, we released it and, we had, because it was aged in tercios and we really wanted to communicate that message. And he was kind of like the rapper and it needs more time and he needs more time. So, um, we released it and yeah, people were, people were loving it. And most importantly, um, he always says it's about the consumer. Right. So, you know, I have to like it, obviously. I mean, he has to like it, but, um, my biggest reward is when, is when they, you know, when they, and I remember then in June of 2018, um, it gets rated, got rated 93. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, just ecstatic right. because that means, you know, we'll be in, in, in the running, you know, I cigar aficionado tries them again mm -hmm. and again, you know, whatever their process is. And I felt, okay, at least now we have a chance to, to, you know, get something right at this point, you know, nobody's thinking number one or number two, because we had just gotten it a few years back. Right. We also had a number a number four in there in 16 with the Scudo, yes. which is an incredible cigar. Yes. Um, and, you know, and, and then, you know, we just kind of kept, kept, uh, kept working on, on, you know, getting the message out at this point, we had hired a, a small marketing firm. Um, so marketing was never necessarily our strongest point. You know, uh, we were three people doing a lot, you right. know, and so, so it was a learning process for me. Now I'm actually head of marketing. So I have learned a lot in, in the last, in the last few years. And, you know, the more you hear people getting excited about something, the more you, I start getting more and more excited about right. it. And then it's kind of like, well, you know, um, at this point I was managing, I personally um, manage the Insta our Instagram account and our Twitter account. I manage those myself and the office manages the Facebook. So I would see a lot of reactions. You know, the consumer reactions, yeah. just people getting excited, you know, like what a smoke, the complexity, the elegance. And then my dad would say, with this cigar, we'll warn you, it's uh, it, some consumers, you know, are going to love it. You kind of have to know what you're smoking with right. this, you know, um, this is not something where, where right away someone's going to fall in love. A lot of people might, but there's going to be people that don't. Um, and in this one, I had to push myself and challenge myself. Because um, in working with the All Nicaragua blend, I hadn't done it that much before. Mm -hmm. um, and when I finally found that cigar that spoke to me, I knew that he knew the difference between that and Pledge, I guess right. I must say. Like as a blender, he knew. Um, and he says, so, so there's a risk here, but I think that when someone smokes one, they're going to get it. They're right. going to know, you know? So... Uh, at this point, you know, the, the year goes by and, you know, we're getting, we're getting, uh, you know, good, good feedback and comes again, the, <laughs> the list comes again. And, and what's the, what are the nerves like? Like, are you, as the list comes out, cause how they, for people who don't know how aficionado released their list, I think it's, um, on the first day they released 10, nine, eight, and then mm -hmm. seven, six, five, then four, three, two, and then one. So yeah. are you kind of just hope like on those first few days, are you kind of hoping to see it there just so like, you, oh, we got top 10. Like as you don't see it in those first few days, are you more excited or are you more worried that it's not going to make a, it? Or it's are a you combination. Like, yeah. And then we start talking in the office and, uh, you know, David. So mm -hmm. David's like an expert in this stuff. So he'll be like, okay, so this is what happened last year. This is what happened last year. Oh, they're saying this, they're saying that. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's kind of fun. But yeah, like the last the last four nights, I'm losing sleep. Right. Like I won't. It's it's pretty intense. And then when you don't see it, but you know that that cigar is so good. Yeah. It's so good, right? So then when you see, when you see the you know the four three two, it's kind of like oh we're not on there. And yeah. then you start thinking, you you don't want to get cocky yeah. either, you know. It's but this it's combination such of a like cigar. this is either gonna be a big deal. Or it's going to be a, big a huge deal, disappointment. But, right. Right. <laughs> I kind of right. feel I mean, when making you, the rest yeah. of the list is great, but it's kind of exactly. like, you know, that was just, that was right. just what we, what we were all hoping for. And then my dad, having been in the industry for so, so many years, 
you know, like really, and like really that's, wanted that it. was his, you know, not that he was exactly searching for that particular accolade, but like, it's also his white whale. I mean, Ernesto is, like I said, he's, he's a first ballot hall mm -hmm. of famer with exactly. Carlito and Pepin, like, exactly. like he's that, that ilk. And so I can imagine, and it must, it must be a weird feeling because, you know, when you make something great and then, you know, you kind of see the, the days go on and on and then you're like, ah, it's, I did, it's definitely good enough for top 10, but is it number one? Like it's this yeah. weird combination. What happens on the day where that gets he's, announced? He's very humble too. Yeah. So for oh, him, absolutely. it's kind of like, oh, I don't know. And so that day, um, my niece has a function at, at school. So we're all there early. Um, mm -hmm. And we're, all three of us are there. And uh, basically, they go have breakfast. And I went to this park. I wanted to be alone in case right. it wasn't. Right. So I went to this park where my dad and I used to always hang out um, when I was growing up, when I was little. And I just sat there and there was this statue, this huge statue of a woman. Um, and I remember, you know, communicating with him growing up. Um, a lot of people have asked me, you know, is it hard being a woman uh, in the cigar industry? And for me, uh, he always basically said, like, you know, he never treated me like right. I was a little girl. I mean, obviously he played Barbies with me and stuff, but he mm. never told me, he once said to me, don't ever depend on a man right. for anything. Trust me, don't. You go and you make, you know, mm. your path, you do what you need to do. And don't ever let anyone say that because you're a woman, mm. you have to do something differently. And coming from the legal world, which is mm -hmm. pretty effectively, mm -hmm. a, you know, it's mm -hmm. changing now, but as long as we know it's like a boys club, mm -hmm. you know, you probably have experience dealing taking care of yourself in like these kind of almost all male industries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So basically it was just, um, I was sitting there and, you know, I keep refreshing and I guess that the, you know, the tower wasn't close enough or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, great idea on my part. And then I just see uh, David calling. So I knew he wouldn't be calling if it weren't. And yeah. then I just start crying. I just said, I answered, it's kind of like you're numb and and that's it. And And I just start crying and just, and I, and I call my dad and, and I was just, we were just on the phone, just like speechless. It's just like, okay, wow. You know, there was, I, I remember, um, you, you know, listen, aficionados list, there's, there's been critiques and controversies in this net over the past few years. But I remember when the encore got named number one, the huge support from the industry kind of when like when Scorsese won for the departed, everyone's like, finally, you know, you have given this man and you know, like what he deserves. And there was a big applause from the industry of like, yes, because he, you know, he didn't have the the newest, craziest blends and he wasn't, you know, that was like a doing, risky blend, you know, like he, he, he was just a, a, a legend and to finally get that accolade, mm -hmm. you know, he, it wasn't some crazy size like the Andalusian bull. It wasn't some, old Cuban, mm -hmm. it was like just his hard work and, and your hard work. And to see that uh, that happen was, it, as a as a cigar industry fan, it was really awesome to see. But it must have, those next few days must have been You're crazy. just numb. We just show up at the office and we're all there and people were bringing like champagne bottles to us and we were just, we were just in awe. We didn't even drink or we just, it's just, we were just sitting there like, wow. You know, like, wow. And and the encore, I remember, you know, the sales, my dad would always say to us, what's going on with the encore? What's going on with the encore? I was like, wow, you did say, you know, that, you know, yeah. it wasn't like story, all right? It wasn't right. something where right away every consumer was going to be like, wow, this is just incredible. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you kind of have to know how to smoke that. Um, you know, and, yeah. and it was kind of like, yeah. And then just took off, you yeah, know, the sales and just, it been, was doing great, but yeah, yeah, just took off. Was it, was there, was there like supply issues for a while? Like, like I, I imagine the demand right after is so intense that, yeah. you know, it's just, it must've been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We ran into those issues and, you know, we, we try to see the best we can do and how to, how to spread the love as much as possible. And, you know, we're really good about relationships and not closing doors to like smaller accounts or anything right. like that. It was just, trying to balance it so that we got it all over the country and right. people, you know, people could try it everywhere. Um, and it was, we were a little bit kind of like, you know, people who have been partners, you could be a small account, but 
don't call us and just order five boxes of this. I mean, you have to have had some history with right. us, something, you know, exactly. you can't just exactly. say I have a small humidor. Because, yeah. You know, yeah. Cause, but, kinda... but if you're, you can have a small humidor, but if you're supporting the mm -hmm, brand mm -hmm. and like, we'll we'll make sure we take care of you. Mm -hmm. So that was 2018. Mm -hmm. Then 2019 passes. And then we get into 2020, which was obviously a crazy year for the world, much less the cigar industry. And I start hearing rumblings, you know, I think even before the cigar was released from a few of you know, people I know, including John Huber of Crown Heads. So I know works very closely with you guys. Um, and John, I remember him calling me one day. I don't even remember what month it was, but he's like, have you tried this pledge? And I'm like, what? I, I, it wasn't even like really announced yet. Or like maybe they just released, you just had the press release. I'm like, no, that the new uh, Ernesto thing. He's like, dude, I'm telling you. This thing, like, and he was talking. This is months beforehand. John mm -hmm, is talking this up, mm -hmm. and if anybody knows John, John really only likes the stuff that he works on. And then, like, a, a, he has like a few like Pete Johnson is a favorite of his, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, the stuff that mm -hmm. Ernesto works on. But he was telling me about this cigar months ahead of time. He's like, "Dude, you got to try this thing." And we couldn't even get it. There was such a, a early buzz about it. I remember we couldn't even do a review for it right away. And then the list starts coming out that. December, so it's December of 2020. And every day that one of the, you know, the 1098 comes out, John texts me, pledge is number one. I'm telling you, he's like, <laughs> I know it. He's like, I know for a fact. The next day, not, he's like, I'm telling you, it's gonna be number one. And it was. You guys have pulled off almost the impossible. So I kind of went ahead of the story a little bit, but tell us a little bit about the creation of the pledge and then leading up to that second Oscar. So my dad had been working on this blend with the Connecticut Habano seed mm. and he hadn't worked with it um, much in the past. And we're talking and talking and trying to come up with, you know, the best, the best, I guess, concept for it. And I, you know, and I said, look, there's, there was like Soria, then there's Encore. Let's make this about the consumer uh, appreciating your mm. journey. You know, he thinks his best blend ever is, is Encore. And he said that was the most challenging of all. Right. He said, but this is, is he says, you know, the consumer's going to put it in their mouth and they're just going to love it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think I like that concept. And we started talking about the names and uh, people weren't crazy about Pledge right off. You know, my brother kind of kept it to himself. He told me afterwards, we're trying to come up with different names. And I kind of felt like, you know, I had named the other two. I don't know. Are we going to jinx it if I don't if right. if I don't name this? But I was really sure about the name. Right. So I said, you know what? Let's just put it up to a vote. And we took it to the Big Smoke in Vegas and we put different names up there. We put um, uh, Bequest, Prequel and uh, and Pledge. Uh, so. You know, I can't say I was standing there looking at the check right. marks, you know, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, thank goodness, because this is right. the right name. Exactly. And so fair and square, you know, the name won. Then after we, we, we keep moving forward, uh, we all we all always wanted to do something in the blue. So that right. was something that, you know, we we love the idea of the blue. And John actually calls my dad. He said, well, you know, Pledge is like, you know, Furniture cleaner. I don't know if you thought of that. <laughs> that is a John thing to so say. So <laughs> my dad, so he's like, and I love the cigar. Yeah. You gotta do it justice. My dad calls me up. I was like, okay, dad, you know what? Everyone voted, you know, so it's yeah. pledge. And I don't know what else to tell you, but it's pledge. It's pledge, and that's the name. So we go forward, we go forward. I didn't want to smoke it yet. Um, he brings a lot of a, a lot of samples um that he's been working on. And it's it's ready to be released, and then you know more or less, and then the pandemic yeah. hits. And I was like, you know what? If this, I'm not going to smoke it yet. I'm just right. going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. So, at some point in the early months, I'm home, and I'm like, okay, I'm finally ready for it. Because I will tell you, when I when I lit the encore for the first time, I called my dad and I said, okay, this this is like wow, this is out of the park. This right. is incredible. You know, like. Congratulations, this is great. And with Pledge, I actually filmed it, like lighting it up. Mm. And 
right. You can go to our Instagram if anyone wants to see it, because it's like, right when I lit it up, I was just kind of like, wow. Like I could immediately, you know, see that this was something special. Kind of like, you know, what John was telling yeah. you. And I just, you know, same thing. I call him up. I was like, you did it again. Like, yeah. this is, this is something else. And, you know, and people right away, like you said, you know, we, we released it eventually and just people were going nuts over it. They loved it. It was kind of like, wow, Ernesto hadn't done something like this before. Uh, this is, this is out of this world. And the sales, the sales showed it. I know that overall, you know, more people were smoking at home, yeah. you know, cigar. We were pretty scared though. Cause at first you don't know what's going to happen. Right? right. You don't know what's going to happen. People could lose their jobs. You know, it's just, right. it was terrible. Like that whole experience, but we were, we were, I guess in a way, um, satisfied that at least people had something to enjoy, you right. know, like you, Hey, you're going to work from home or you're going to be at home more. Well, they're, they're enjoying cigars, all yeah. cigars. It doesn't have to just be ours. Obviously it was just yeah. something really positive, you know, that right. the industry can at least find some, some solace in and say, cigars are something special. Exactly. You know, overall. A way to distract times, you from what's going hard on. Hard times. Yeah. yeah. And you know, time goes by, time goes by. And then you, you start, you know, obviously thinking the list, the list, <laughs> <laughs> that dreaded list. And I was kind of like, wow, we did it, you know, just two years before. I don't know. Was it at the right time? But I know the integrity right. at Cigar Aficionado. Hmm. I know that integrity because I know those, I know, you know, that, that team for years, you know, and I know. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not going to be, you know, kind of, not gonna be worried about gonna, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we just gave us, it, we just know, gave it to them. We're not gonna give it to exactly, them again. Exactly. It's like exactly. Well, I think they do a they do a blind. It's I, they review everything. Mm -hmm. I think throughout the year normally, mm -hmm. and from what I remember, for the list, they it, it's all blind, and so like, they pick number one, not knowing like, oh, this was Ernesto's. They just smoke it and be like, this is the one. So exactly, exactly. So then, you know. Um, you still have your doubts though, because right. you don't want to, you don't want to like, you know, build something up and then, you know, so you still have your doubts in the sense of like, well, we just got it. Could, could, could we be that blessed? You know, that lucky, <sighs> you know, it's kind of like, maybe, maybe this isn't going to be the, you know, top five even, you right. know, but it's such a good cigar. And this is more leading up to it. It's not like we're worried about this the whole year. It's right. just more leading up to it. Yeah, like, no matter like the, the what, you want to stay December, calm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You want to stay calm, but it's, it's just not, not reality. So. This one, you know, happens again, the lists, the list, you know, the 10, eight, nine, and we're not on there. And people are saying, this is it. Right. You're going to get number yeah, one. You, you're a, a little more, a little more yeah. confident in yeah. this one because of. Encore, yeah. we weren't sure, but this one, it's fine. You, this, you got to trust the cigar smokers. You've got to mm -hmm. trust the experts. We're telling you this is it, but you're, I mean, I'm not going to believe it because, you know, I don't want to build myself up. Right. And then each day, each day, each day. I start having more and more confidence in the cigar, you know, and thinking maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I was driving somewhere and uh, refreshing, but I'm driving, so I can't keep refreshing. So I pull over, you know, around 9.55 or so. And uh, same thing happened. David <laughs> calls yeah. me and says, you, we did it again. I said, wow. And then he said, but, but wait, you don't know the best part. I go, what, what is it? I haven't even seen it yet. Mm. He says, we got a 98. I think it, I think it was the highest rating mm -hmm. of anything. Mm -hmm. So Cigar Aficionado has their, they have their connoisseurs corner where they smoke like really old right, Cuban. Right, 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 I think 90, 98s have only been like, you've only seen 98s, 99s and hundreds mm -hmm. like in mm -hmm. that with, oh, I'm yes. smoking some 1965 yes. Romeo. Yes, yes. But yet nothing on the list exactly. of currently available stuff has ever been rated that high. Correct. Correct. And listen, everybody, this was something that like, like I said, industry insiders, you know, people and not like from a political standpoint in terms of I've smoked everything this year. I know what is that top rank. Like I said, John was a huge mm -hmm, advocate mm -hmm. that puts you guys in a pretty elite club. And I'm trying to think the only other people I know that I've gotten, you know, in terms of family, you know, companies, Obviously, Fuente has gotten a couple in the, mm -hmm. as number one, but spread out over many years. Padron has gotten mm -hmm. several number one, again, spread out over many years. 
Um, I don't think Oliva's had, I think they've only had one number one. Um, Pepin has had two. Again, I think there was like at least four or five years in between. But to basically have three of your cigars in a row, a number two, a number one, and then a year, a year and a half later, or two years later, another mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a run that we've never seen before. So the impact that that must have had on your company and the impact you guys have had on the industry was astronomical. So tell us a little bit about after that getting getting that second number one rating. What was it like both personally for you, your dad, your brother, your family, and also what was it like on the business? Well, for the business, obviously, um, a combination of factors, you know, the number one plus, uh, you know, cigar sales, um, you know, increasing overall was a tremendous impact. Um, Obviously, production. You know, my dad has always said quality and quantity, you know, are not best friends. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like. I can't be pushed to just, you know, pump out cigars. So basically, you know, we we, we just had our best rollers making this and right. that didn't change. Um, getting the wrapper was a very big challenge right. um, because it, it wasn't a wrapper that's necessarily readily available. But the relationships that he's had over so many years helped a lot. Right. And so, you know, we came in uh, and got, I mean, we're still back ordered on yeah. pledge and it's, you know, quite some time later after the fact yeah. uh, people keep ordering it you know our, our, the retailers keep wanting it the consumer keeps asking for it so that's uh that just goes to show um and they were asking for it before the right. rating so for us you know that that's always a very positive indicator because while the rating is something that you know we hold you know very dear it's about you know people who enjoy cigars loving right our cigars. Right. And that's what it, and that, and you know, and that we, we, you know, a lot of people still don't know our brand as you would think that they would. Right. You know, there's been, you know, the E.P. Carrillo, the Perez Carrillo, you know, we haven't been the best at communicating right. who we are, you know, and this year we're going to try to improve on that, you know, kind of talk more, you know, and, and just try to share more in our events, make them more organized. Right. Just try to send, uh, you know, um, a message of, of who we are and who we are is not at this point anymore, just my dad or just right. a family company or just me or just, you know, um, our sales team or, or everyone or the rollers or the factory. Yeah. It's everything together. It's all of us. It's an right. industry and it's everyone who enjoys smoking cigars. Right. So we need to, you know, we need to be able to keep making, you know, blends that are making a difference slowly, but surely, you know, each person that smokes it is a new smoker that smokes it. And, and anyone who has smoked it in the past who we don't have to convince of anything, right. you know, but um, we really want to leave our mark, you know, and, and it's not just based on ratings or or it's just the cigar. We want the cigar to speak for itself. Well, you guys have de- I mean, definitely left your mark, um, e- even from from the early days uh through now and listen i'm okay with you guys being you know a tarantino esque listen we're gonna do one cigar every three years but it's gonna be outstanding like you know i think i think we're all fine with it with uh with that um which brings me kind of kind of to the end here which is you know kind of how we always like to to uh to leave off is the future you guys have a lot of eyes on you now probably more so than you've ever had before uh, you're on this amazing run. You, you've kind of, if you wanted to close off this as a trilogy, you can do that. So what's the next step? Are you guys working on something entirely new? Is there a new addition to like this kind of La Historia family of brands? Like what's what's next for EP Carrillo? Well, we recently released a short run, um, which is a, a very, it's a limited production mm. that we uh, that we did this year. We did it last year as well. And that's that's been very well received. Uh, we just uh, came out with a 5 by 50 Futuro, a mm. Futuro uh, Encore um, for the Robusto lovers. And yes, we are working on something. Uh, and it's a, it's a very, very special. Um, I can't reveal the name just yet uh, because then I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm very right. superstitious about these things. Uh, can you tell us, is it like a, like a, is it its own thing or is it p- kind of part of these, these family of brands? Can you tell us that? It's, it's yes. Okay. All right. I don't want, I'm not going to press you too hard. I don't want, I don't want to jinx it either. Yes, you but guys, it's been in the making. Yeah. Uh, it's been in the making for a very long time. And every time that, you know, we don't want to rush anything. Right. 
And, you know, we wanted to catch up. We wanted to catch up um, with a lot of these back orders that we have for Historia, uh, Encore, uh, Pledge. And um, let's just say there's uh, other, other, other surprises coming, coming up very soon. And both of these surprises are going to talk about um, something my dad specializes in. So that's the, that's a hint I could give you. <laughs> that could be so many things. That could be so many things, but I Just appreciate you giving us, and all that stuff, I appreciate so. you giving us a little bit of a, a little bit. Of, is that some that, that PCA this summer? There'll probably be an that's announcement. What we're, that's okay. what we're shooting for at the very least to show it, okay. you know, and, right. and hopefully we can, we can, you know, so there, one of them is made. Right. It's just about, you know, the aging process and uh, packaging, you know, right. packaging right now with all of the constraints and the uh, supply chain. It's it's a challenge. Yeah, I feel like uh, making a cigar right now, almost like tobacco is the e even though it's it's strapped as well because the cigar yes. imports are up. Yes. But tobacco is almost kind of e like the easiest to get. It's like, oh, well, I have my factory. I kind of have direct. But getting labels from China or this from over here and the boxes made over here, that's really where it's becoming like. And we know, don't an have issue. farms. Right. We don't have our own farms. So right. my dad is relying on different farms, relationships he's had, you know, for decades. Right. And to some extent, you know, we're I think that that's an approach that has helped us because he's going out there and finding the best tobaccos and he's doing this himself. You right. know, he's fly, flying to Nicaragua, to Honduras, um, everywhere from Dominican Republic. We also have. Um, suppliers. So he, he has the option of, of, you know, I, he always calls it like Ernesto's lab. Yeah. You know, he always says, this is like my little lab. I try, you know, all of these different tobaccos and see what works. And when you see, I mean, he's in the factory, he'll go, he'll go to the fermentation area. He'll go to sorting. He'll, you know, and for as much as I go around with him and I try to absorb mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it's another level. Yeah. It's another level. Like yeah. people, people don't understand. I mean, I, I've been doing this for, for 10 years now and someone like, you know, Chris will be like, oh, you know, so much. And I'm like, dude, I'm not even scratching the surface compared to an Ernesto. And or, I grew up in it. Yeah. And, it's and you just, grew up in it. Yeah. It's just something that has to talk to you. Exactly. You know, and, exactly. and it's kind of like, I, I can't pretend you can't pretend that. Um, and even smoking, I mean, he smokes a lot. I don't smoke as much as he does, mm. but I know what I'm smoking and right. I know, you know, what I'm smelling and what, you know, what the, you know, the, the whole experience, right. you know, it has to feel a certain way. And it's almost, you know, one of the things he says is like about the encore that it makes, it, it gives them a warmth. Mm. You know, we were just sitting down and doing the, the Futuro with the sales rep for the first time. And, you know, he talked about the encore and why that that line is so special to him. And he just said this this cigar, every time I smoke it, it just talks to me. You know, it gives me mm. such pride. Uh, and he's proud. Of, obviously, he's proud of Pledge. He's proud of Historia. He's proud of Inge. But that cigar just talks to him. So he was so excited about a Futuro. We had to do like kind of um, a mini launch mm. because, you know, we didn't have the the. Um, ability to to produce as much as we would have liked and then that's going to be a full launch at the at the oh, pca wow. so definitely we'd like everyone to come and see yeah us. i feel like on encore was like almost his passion project that he thought was going to be this kind of niche thing yes you yes. know it's like when a director is like oh i'll do the big budget yes. movie but this is kind of my <laughs> yes. little thing and only like yes. 10 people are going to like it but then it becomes yeah this this mega mm -hmm. hit and it, it probably makes him feel although he's proud of all his blends like mm -hmm. you said it's like that's the one that he feels like wow i did this way outside that thing just for me but it was so beloved you, by everybody do you like the encore i like I mean, the encore yeah I could you, tell, like, you yeah. could tell what i'm what yeah, i'm talking yeah, about yeah there is there is nuances there and complexities there we're like the pledge is very straightforward mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. enjoyable mm -hmm, like you mm -hmm. know especially with with that darker rapper that i like very straightforward enjoyable the encore it's like okay there it is. you gotta you gotta think a little yes. bit about it and really understand do you it. retro hail I do. Yeah. yeah. Not see, not as much as like a lot of people, you know, you know, like like Charlie Minato or those kind of right. guys, but I I do and that's that's where I'll find like that next level. On the surface, just smoking the encore, it's enjoyable. But when you retrohale and you're yes. picking up those little yes. nuances, that's where it really shifts gears into like, oh, okay. The light bulb kind of goes on. Yes, yes. So and to to be able to that's blend, what he says. That's to be able to blend says. that way mm -hmm. is fascinating. Cause it's one thing to put tobaccos together. And you taste and like, oh, that tastes good. But to blend in a way where it's like, it, it, oh, if you retrohale and you when you find these little pieces, that's where it really comes together. 
it's artistry. It really is. And and while I'm glad that you guys got all these ratings, I'm sure that's the one that you're probably as a family the most proud mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. is that one. Lizette, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. This has been incredibly insightful. I'm really excited to see what you guys are bringing out uh, this this summer and, and everything you guys are doing. And I hope that this, you know, doing this with us has kind of given people a new a new view on EP Kideo and uh, and all the wonderful work you guys are doing. So thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Thank you everyone for watching. We are a little back order right now, but they're working on it. But <laughs> for all your Ernesto Perez Cadillo EPC needs, just make sure to check out JR Cigars. Thank you.